What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Got my good buddy Matthew on here today from CCA. Um, and we're going to talk to y'all about quite a few things. We're going to talk about the, the old drum fishing, which I think the cat is out of the bag a little bit up on the Pamela Those fish are starting to get caught. The word's out. Um, the word is out. And, and uh, Matt, Matthew's got some, some awesome stories already about it. So uh, I'm the annoying guy that texts him all the time. Like, Where do I need to go? Why can't I catch these things? Um, but we're going to get into that. Before we get into that, we're going to tell y'all about this tournament that we've got coming up that's, that's super awesome. was a part of it last year. Um, was on the leaderboard for a little bit and fell off pretty hard. Tough, uh, tough competition. It was out tough there, competition, man. and uh, it's just a really fun way to uh, I feel like interact with other anglers uh, in the state and just a fun, fun format for a tournament. We're also going to talk about the lawsuit that, that CCA is um, going through right now with the state. I could be any of that that I might say wrong. You can correct. Oh, you're correct. good. You're, um, but you're right on. We're uh, we're stoked about this podcast. Sorry I didn't go on out last week. Uh, it's been been super busy. And uh, family is always first, but I, I promise I'll, I'll I'm always doing my best to get y'all podcast every chance that I get. Um, but yeah, man, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks oh. for having me back. Yeah, I feel sure. like it was uh, deja vu. It was this time last year we were first podcast I ever did. So it was it was a uh, it was a good one too. It's you know you get some people that you got to force the conversation a little bit, and that's that's was not how it was with our last one. So hopefully. I don't have to do any forcing tonight, but yeah, man, we'll rock and roll. Uh, (laughs) Tell people a little bit about yourself and the tournament and just whatever you want to say. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, uh, so I'm the, basically the Eastern regional director for CCA North Carolina. Um, do a lot of the fundraising and marketing and, um, and getting the, keeping, keeping the money coming in. So, um, we, we do a lot of interesting things and this, this is one of our favorite times of the year. Um, this tournament, like Judd said, is, is an absolute blast. Um, this is actually our third annual. So this is the third go around. Um, that's right. I forgot. I didn't do it the first year. Yeah. Yeah. The first year was, the first year was small. We probably, probably only had 22 people fish the first year. We kind of worked the kinks out. Second year, we actually did really well. We had over a hundred people signed up. Probably about eighty people fished and and actually um, submitted photos to yeah, yeah. in the app. So that was huge. This year, we kind of factored in membership uh, to try to to try to push CCA membership through the tournament. Um, so we had to raise prices a little bit. Yeah. And we've as of right now, I think we're sitting at fifty five anglers, which okay. is which is not bad. Um, and you'll have a lot sign up, I feel like. Day of. The, the day of, yeah. Day exactly. of. Like that's, myself. <laughs> yeah, that's what, <laughs> man, people, people always wait for the last minute, no matter what. Um, but I'll, t- I'll kind of dig into the details. So this year, we're doing it in conjunction with the 2021 Fly Fish and Film Tour. Yeah. So the tournament itself is, and I'll hold these flyers up. Yep. Um, the tournament itself is August 6th through the 23rd, 22nd, sorry. Um, so it's actually a little over two weeks. It's all catch, photo, and release. So it's all through the iAngler app. You basically sign up through CCA's website, ccanc.org. Go to our events page. Um, you'll see it on there. It's, you'll sign up there, pay on our website, and then we'll shoot you an email that gives you the link to iAngler, and then you can waive the fee for iAngler. Sweet. Um, so s- simple, simple two-step process to get get in, get fishing. Um, and basically once you're signed up, we're going to have the captain's party this Friday night, August 6th at Avalanche Motorsports off Market Street. Yep. 
up here in like the Ogden area in Wilmington. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this uh, this weather will hold off for us. It looks like it's gonna get nice. I mean, I'm not complaining that that it's not hot because it's been so dang hot. Man, it's been it's been nice. It it has a little rain can't kill us, but um, but yeah. So the fishing tournaments, it's a really neat setup. Um, like I said, all catch photo and release, so it's all through the Angler app. You basically just just go out, go fish. We give you a wristband. Once you catch the fish, you'll take a photo of it with the wristband somewhere in the photo. Um, it submits it into the app, and then it's all a live leaderboard. So yeah. it's, you can see as soon as you submit that photo, we have some judges on our side. So it might take a couple hours to get the to for us to judge it, make sure there's nothing wrong with the measurement or anything like that, and then yeah. and then it'll pop up. You'll see your score, and it's uh, man, it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. And one of the cool things, I was nervous the first time I ever heard about iAngler tournaments. Like, oh, you know, I feel like there's so many ways to cheat with your measuring. But then someone showed me there's like a, a pixel measure on the yeah. app. So, like, your fish has to be on a scale, or not a scale, on a measuring board. Right. And then, like, say we're the ones that are judging it. You can measure one of the inches on that scale and then drag it across the fish. So, it is extremely accurate as far as the, the measuring process of it goes. And it's just a really safe, fun way to do a tournament. It is. The, the cool thing is it's like... Uh, even my father-in-law last year, like he wasn't fishing it, but he was obsessed with checking the leaderboard. Like what? it's fun to fish it and like be a part of this community for a while and like be measuring your fish. And even if you're, you're like, there's no way I'm going to win this tournament. It's still super fun to go out there and throw some fish up there. And, and a lot of times it's someone that, that unless it's uh, Richard Gilligan. Yeah. Oh my need gosh, to, We man. need to give him a handicap <laughs> if he decides to fish it this year. Seriously. I think he won our trout tournament this past winter. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Every trout tournament <laughs> this past winter. He every trout tournament. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty fair format. So how, how much time do people have to fish? Like, so how does that kind of break down it's, for this one? The way we try to make it is we try to not put a whole lot of rules into it. We open it up for two weeks total, and it's not like you you have to you only get a certain amount of days to fish. Right. Um, we kind of made it for the weekend warriors and for – the only disadvantage I could see is you might have some retired – and there's but there's not a lot of retired guys that are right. fish this thing. Right. It's a lot of younger generation, but – you know, that way the weekend guys can get out for at least, you know, five days. Right. Of That's a, almost a full week of fishing. And then if, you know, when you get off work, if you can find some time to slip out or slip out before work. Yeah. Um, and the fun thing is the way. Yeah, some night fishing. You exactly. Night fish. Yeah. So it gives you, it gives you more than just that one day weigh in structured tournament where, yeah. where you have one day to fish and then you're back at the dock weighing your fish in. It gives you. A lot more time to, for everybody to get out on the water and enjoy the resource and, and have a good time. For sure. Um, and that's kind of what we're going for. I think what's cool is like they changed the whole uh, – or there's major league fishing in the bass world now. That's oh, like yeah. changed the whole format of bass tournaments. And it's like live. You can see what people are catching. You can see when you get bumped down or jump up. And so it just makes it like – it's way more fun to fish that way. When it's you cool. Get this, oh, God, this guy just caught a redfish. It's knocking me down four places. And It gets you uh, fired up, man. It does. It makes you want to fish. Like the drive I had to fish last year with it. Well, it lasted about four days, and then I got knocked down to like ninth place and twelfth place. And I couldn't was like, come back. I couldn't come back. Are you, now? Am I allowed to weigh clients or measure clients' fish? So I'm just kidding. <clears throat> technically not. No, you can't. <clears throat> but um, but you can get clients. What we were telling some fishing guides is like, hey, if your clients want to fish the tournament, um, it's kind of like a donation to CCA. It's, yeah. They're you know giving back to the resource, and they get a fish for a day, and they might win something. Yeah, that's um, super cool. Because we're doing. On top of first, second, and third place, we're also doing uh, weekly giveaways. So we'll do, we'll probably give away two big items the first weekend, 
and then we'll probably give away two to three items the first week and then two more items the next weekend um, and then the same thing that following that's awesome so it'll be participating yeah just random things like we'll we'll put and we can we do it all through the app so we can put out a notice that says hey next person that catches um a sheep's head can win will win this so then it's like you're not even targeting sheep's head but someone's like oh scrambling to go try to catch the first sheep's head or something you know something fun to just mix it up and yeah that's super cool and keep people give people that might not be on the leaderboard an opportunity to go home with with something we've got a lot of prizes a lot of good sponsors this year so it's that's awesome should be fun um and so that it'll it'll close off what's the starting date say that again the starting date's when so captain's parties this friday night august 6th Mm -hmm. and then uh starting date would be august 7th at 6 a.m 6 a.m and then it'll shut down lines out of the water on august 22nd okay at midnight so if, if someone wants to take home first place, what do they have to have? So first place, it's a lot this year. We yeah. remember last year we, we were like, the, year? yeah, so we put okay. trout back in. Yeah. Ha- I feel like half the crowd's like, man, I can't find a summer trout. And then we're, it depends where you are in the state because this right. is statewide. Yeah. Um, so, so only you can only fish North Carolina water. You can only fish North Carolina okay. water. Yep. Um, but, and we can talk about that, the old drum, because we capped. 36 uh, inches? Yeah, capped it at 36 inches to... to allow because we'll have some guys on the noose river and it's a little bit that's an unfair advantage right, if, they're, right. if they're putting up 48 yeah for sure inch fish but so uh, having that cap's fun because it's like all right i gotta go where do those like 30 to 35 inch fish live so. and so if you catch a 40 inch fish it you're you're capped at 36 but you could catch three 36 inch fish or three fish that are say over 36 inches but and it, it, counts, st- for it counts for a 36 oh, inch sweet, fish okay. yeah sweet. so it's like it's a cap but it uh, so I mean, if you want to go out and target those big drums just yeah, to yeah. really crank your score up, you can. But, yeah, um, for sure. <clears throat> but uh, the the way we structure it this year is so it's your it's an aggregate of your three biggest trout, your three biggest flounder, and your three biggest drum. Okay. So that's total score. So you have to catch all three. That's where the slam comes in. You have to catch all three species. Okay, sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. That's so so cool. it's fun. You can target. Spend your first half of the tournament targeting uh, drum, yeah. then say, "All right, I gotta focus on trout for the next two days," and then switch back. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fun. It's uh, that's gonna be exciting. It'll be it'll be fun to see what we need to win. Like I think that there's a lot of people that are, and it's fun to kind of because since you got a couple of days to plan that whole thing out. Like, all right, I'm yeah. gonna go up to the Pamlico and try to get some big red fish, and then I'm gonna you know this weekend, and then next weekend I'm gonna go trout fish somewhere and. And be able to use the whole coast, you know, as well as be able. Yeah, it's, it's just a cool way to do a tournament. I'm excited about it. It's fun, and we'll get you'll get a lot of people that are jumping around. I mean, there's there's guys that'll come up, little leave Wilmington, like you said, to come up fish the Pamlico. Yeah. If they can't find trout down here, they'll adjust and move yeah, around. So for sure, there's been a lot of trout uh, down here this year. So hopefully we can we can put that up. But like you said, some people just kind of write trout off in the summer. No. Forget how to catch them. If you're fishing the tournament, just go fit. It, there's been trout everywhere that they are in the fall, not in the same numbers, but just go go fish that that fall stuff and um, not the, the winter stuff, but the fall kind of early fall stuff. And those fish are there. Um, that's super cool, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'll definitely be signing up. Uh, where can people sign up if they want to come? If they want to sign up for the tournament, so check us out on Instagram, Facebook. So CCANCs are. Instagram, just look up CCANC on Facebook too. We'll pop up. It's all over 
social media right now, um, but our website is where you can sign up. Okay. Or if you're already a, if you're already um, a member or logged into the Angler app, just type in CCANC. 2021 inshore open or just type in inshore open and yeah, it should pop, pop up. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you can find it one of two ways. Right on. Awesome. Um, yeah. So the fly fishing film tour, this, uh, lacrosse is giving me some, some, bubbly. <laughs> it's bubbly, man. That it's bubbly. is this Friday as well. That is this Friday. And, and is that at the same place? It is. Okay, so cool. we've got, uh, Topher with Soul Film, Soul Film Fest. I'm not sure if you ever met him or not. He's a he's a really good guy. He's done some of these film tours in the past. Um, and the Fly Fishing Film Tour, due to COVID, I think they had to do basically everything was virtual. So there's been no. They just started doing actual showings at events. Um, so we tried. We picked it up last minute, but we're hoping to pull a crowd for that. Um, the The deal is we'll do the captain's party. Um, starting at 6.30, do registrate, like, you know, come register if you're not registered. We'll have beer. Um, we'll have a food truck there. We'll have raffles and giveaways and um, some cool stuff. A lot of, lot of yeah. cool things going on. Um, and then the film tour will start at 8 o'clock, as soon as it gets dark, as long as the rain holds off. If it's raining, we'll probably move inside and maybe start it a little bit earlier. Okay, cool. um, but yeah, 8 p.m. We've got a huge, huge blow-up screen, a giant. Um, nice. Yeah, so it's gonna be cool. I've, we got plenty of chairs, but if you want to be comfortable, bring a you know bring one of those little nice camper lawn yeah, chair yeah. things and come awesome. sit back and relax, man. We've got uh, Sweetwater Brewing has donated their new seltzer and their new IPA. Oh, cool. um, so we got beer for everybody. So yeah, come out and time. bring the family and yeah, have a good time. That's this Friday in Wilmington. And in Ogden, I got no excuse not to be there because it's about it's close. My house. <laughs> um, yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. Matthew, I feel so bad because he, he keeps coming into town. I'm supposed to meet him for these meetings, and I've had to bail him like the past three meetings. So all oh, good, man. We um, always we always make it happen last minute. I know we make it happen last minute. So life's crazy, but um, well, sweet. Well, if anybody has any questions on this as well, feel free to reach out to me, whether on Instagram or Facebook or text me. Um, but it's going to be a fun time. Definitely not a tournament to be intimidated about entering. No. It's super fun, super laid back. Uh, even if you're going to get one or two days to fish. You know, it's still it, it's worth still it. It's still worth it. It's still a lot of fun. Uh, and the captain's party is definitely a great place to come meet a lot of people that listen to this podcast, that, that like fishing around this area, to, you know, to build some relationships. Um, and I always tell people on here that, you know, fishing buddies and partners and relationships and communication on the water is, is one of the most important tools of catching fish. I mean, you can't see everything man. and know everything every day. And so putting yourself out there and, and, and things like this and meeting more people and, and becoming a part of this community is going to do nothing but make you a better angler. So I can't encourage you enough um, to come out and check it out. So um, if anything else pops up while we're doing the rest of this podcast, just feel free to, we can just drop it right in wherever we are. Cool. Cool. Um, no, we hit it on the head, man. That was, uh, that was spot on. Sweet. So. Sweet. Well, I'm stoked. Uh, hopefully some people will join. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, and we've talked about it on a podcast in the past. Um, we had Mr. Sneed on here and talked about the lawsuit kind of right as it was coming out, but do you have any updates for us and, and kind of how people can get involved and maybe help out with what's going on um, with the CCA lawsuit? Definitely, man. Yeah, it's, so for folks that might not have heard the, the prior po- uh, podcast with <clears throat> with what's going on with CCA and the lawsuit, 
CCA's in a lawsuit against the, the state of North Carolina. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a very big lawsuit. Um, it's it's going to take more than more than a year, um, yeah. more than a few maybe potential years to get get to the end. Um, but we've had two very big things happen, and one was the biggest one is we passed the motion to dismiss. So the state of North Carolina filed for a motion to dismiss the case. Um, and we had our hearing for that with the judge and the judge declined the state's motion to dismiss. That's so awesome. that's absolutely be, huge. All right. We're not going to even look at this case. It's done squashing it before it happens. Squashing it. Basically, basically they'd, they would have squashed the case. We would have had to appeal and then go through the appeal process to try to get past that gotcha. motion to dismiss. So before that happened, um, the NCFA, North Carolina Fisheries Association, filed a motion to intervene. So <clears throat> is that a good thing? That's bad a bad thing. thing. Bad thing. So okay. the North Carolina Fisheries Association is basically the um, commercial fishing um, lobbyist group for North Carolina, um, kind of like a tra uh, trade group. They they basically lobby to um, for for commercial fishermen. Um, so they. If they would have had a hand in intervening in the lawsuit, it, it would have got probably it would have got very messy. So it's a very that's a very those are two absolute unbelievable situations yeah. that could have happened for this lawsuit to move forward. Okay. Um, so we're we're super excited that that both all both rulings that we've had to date have gone in our favor, yeah. um, and we're we're excited about it. And our, our lawyers, <clears throat> our team, is absolutely thrilled. And um, you know they see this thing. They're 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 excited about it. They're very yeah, excited about that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to uh, you know really know what's going on from the outside. So it's good to have these meetings. We need to do more of these where we can talk about this because I get so many questions about it, and and I usually don't. I usually send people your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. No, we get a lot of questions on Instagram, and we do our best to to respond. And and we're we're gonna we're gonna once we were basically waiting to to see if we could get past the motion to dismiss, yeah. And now, so that it we, was a known thing that it was probably going to come when y'all filed a lawsuit. Gotcha. That was basically, uh, you know, the state's first step to squash it. Squash yeah. it. Um, so now that we're past that, it's it's wide open, and we're we're going to start, um, you know, really promoting and advocating for this lawsuit to try to raise money, um, and not just raise money, but awareness around it as well to try yeah. to get the public more information about it um so they they can help and, and know where for sure their voice can be heard so so for, for people that don't know what is in 30 seconds what is the lawsuit about so the lawsuit it's it's pretty simple um north carolina's our, our fisheries our waters are are all our resources is it's a public trust resource right. um so we all own it as individual citizens we all have have a share of like a, call it a stock. It's like right. a share of a stock. We all own a share of, of our fisheries and our, and our resources. Um, so the lawsuit is basically saying that the state has a fiduciary duty to manage um, that resource for sustainability. Um, for future generations, right. it, you know, we need to make sure that that resource is not continuing to decline like it has been for the past 30 years. Um, and it's the state's ob obligation to do so. Um, 
in the states basically saying that uh, it's not our obligation. Um, so, you know, our question is, well, whose obligation is it? If it's not the state's obligation, then who's, who's um, you know, who has to take care of these resources? Right. So in a nutshell, that's, that's, that's um, kind of the precedent. What, what it's, it's about is that this is a public trust resource. It, we need to manage it as, as um, for sustainability into the future for we're all stakeholders, for all users of the resource. Nice. That's um, awesome. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, it's, it's 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 not time to like and I, I I used to be such like a finger pointer and everything but now it's just like let's just let's take work care together of it. and just get this resource to what it should be you know it, it's it's sad where where we're at and uh, it's no one person's fault it's just a downward slope of bad decisions and so we just need to to turn it around that's it and yeah it's not and and I think CCA's got a bad rep through the past with the name game like you just said you know it's and that's not what it's about it's it's uh I just lost my thought of my my train of thought but it you know it's not it's not um it's not a commercial fishing issue it's it, it's not a recreational fishing issue it's we just need to look out for the for resource, resource as yeah. a whole for and, sure and it's not it's it's nobody's it's nobody's fault except for the way that it's just been managed and allowed to been managed for the past 20 years yeah. the, the management structure needs to change for sure um yeah you can't put your point your finger at people that are doing things that are loud exactly are, it's all legal declining to you know make the resource decline. So exactly um well cool well yeah and and how can people you, you were talking about this um stewards of the resource stewards of the resource the yeah t- tell them yeah. about that a little bit yeah so um one way that you guys can help um, as the general public to help fund this lawsuit is we have started a new campaign. It's called um, Stewards of the Resource Campaign. And it's basically you you are making a commitment to over the next 10 years um, of $100 a year for the next 10 years, so $1,000 to the resource. So you're saying that you're basically saying that I am um, – I'm advocating for for sustainability for the future right. of this resource. I'm willing to, to give $100 for the next 10 years to help fund this lawsuit um, to to get it across, to get it to the finish line. Yeah, um, for sure. Which is huge. That's huge. And can um, people make a, that full thousand dollar donation at once too, or more than that if they want to? They can, and they and people have. Um, we're we're it's starting to kind of come in, and and people are excited about this lawsuit and. And especially getting past, you know, these two, uh, two big issues with the motion to dismiss and the and the um, NCFA's um, intervention or uh, motion to intervene, getting past those now people are really start. It's we've got a good grip and people are wanting to uh, get this thing across the finish line. Yeah, so sure. this is this is one avenue. Um, and you know the we're, we are right back in the middle of banquet season, so banquets are popping up back all yeah. across the state. Um, they're absolute blast if no one's ever been to one. Um, we've got one coming up in the Crystal Coast. We just had our Swansboro banquet. Um, so they're, they'll continue to pop up across the state, yeah. and they're fun ways to come Definitely. be a part of um, be a part of CCA and, and be a part of the future for of sure. fishing. Here. And, and you guys, for people that, that want to see change in the fishery you know, but don't know what to do, this is helping support the, the lawsuit financially is the best thing that you can do. I mean, it, is. it really is. It's so locked up with, you know, as far as 
we can't personally go do anything really like it's got to be done this way and so if you want to help out you know it's a great way by, by donating money maybe you can't do the uh, the hundred dollars a year even but, but even just whatever you can donate to help and, and to put towards the resource you know it's going into good hands and it's going to be used properly so um i, I can't stress enough you know how important that is so it is yeah and ccas you know we're fighting the good fight it, it's there's uh there's some bad rhetoric out there about us and and, and it's it's you know saying that we, we don't we want to take fish off of everyone's food food plates tables restaurants you know we're it's not what we're about we we want more we want abundant fisheries we want more fish in the water for right. for everybody right um and and have sustainable fisheries and and need sustainable um commercial fishing gears to do so right um, for sure that's what it's all about for sure it is 100 percent and um We'll uh we'll definitely need to do another update on that. Maybe we'll get Dave, David Sneed to come we'll in get, we'll and hit get, hit we'll all the. I'm yeah. not a numbers guy. He can. Yeah. We've got some guys that and and those, if you're interested in learning a lot more about the fisheries side, um, CCA started a podcast. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And we've got, I think we've only got three episodes, but we're we're trying to roll them out. Yeah. Um, we're do, doing it as the best we can with uh with a small staff right now but um we're rolling them out and there's some the the three episodes that are up there are absolutely full of information when it comes to like the 1997 fisheries reform act and how we got to this point we're basically starting it 30 years ago um and getting you to now kind of a walk a walkthrough of how we got in this situation so that's awesome if you want to learn more about that it's i recommend it's a it's a cool lesson yeah so what's a neat lesson to type in on the podcast platform so it's actually called uh ccanc fisheries gone wild is the name of the podcast (laughs) yeah that's awesome so fisheries gone wild don't just type in the gone wild podcast yeah yeah (laughs) type in fisheries gone wild fisheries gone wild i like it uh, well, cool. Well, is there anything else, tournament, uh, you know, lawsuit, CCA-wise, that we want to touch on before we get into talking Man, about the, the old drum? Let's talk about fishing. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's an exciting time of year. I, mean, I, I know these fish get caught in North Carolina all year in oh, different yeah. areas, but catching them up in the Pamlico Sound on light, light tackle um, is just such a blast. So, it's a ball. Uh, hopefully no one... Slashes our tires for talking about them a little too early. I, but, but I think the word's out. I think I think uh, most people know about it, and it's it's uh, yeah August fourth. It's it's time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna use that. Uh, maybe use that picture that you sent the other day. That absolute monster. Oh my god! For this video, how how big did that fish go again? So that one was only 49, but my roommate caught one that was 52. So we broke 50. Gotcha. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah, that fish looked way bigger than the it was. Well, and it was I so thought I, that's what. Yeah, that's what he said because it, it was when that one hit. It was you could tell. I was like, I mean, we we caught a couple in like the forty five inch range, and then all of a sudden that one hit and it just went and kept going, and then just kind of sat there. And I was yeah. like, man, that's got to be a that's got to be a nice fish, a but like a Chesapeake Bay fish. Yeah, that's, that's he was awesome. he was chunky. So I think we should start out with the story you were telling me at the beginning of like how you kind of stumbled into these fish to start this. Oh season. yeah. If you if you want to share that real quick. Yeah, we just is me and my roommate. We went out on the water. We 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 had caught wind just from that. You know, being in, on the News River, living on the News River, you'll 
the word gets out, you'll hear about it. So we we hold chatter on back streets. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we heard we we were like, man, there there there's some fish around, Um, but we really weren't ready or set up focused on going old drum fishing. We were just going out to go fish, um, striper fish, see what we could find. Had one popping cork rod on the boat, and that was it. And uh, man, we we went to this section of the river, and uh, there was maybe one or two other boats out there and all of a sudden you just heard poof like poof and i was like oh man that's them they're here yeah (laughs) then then one just like all of a sudden just tail slaps and bunker menhaden just kind of like pop spray a little bit and i'm like dude we we're in them so (laughs) we started throwing the popping cork and we weren't getting any bites and i was like what in the world is going on um and then all of a sudden we switched up baits um, and I'll tell you just the soft plastic. Yeah. Thing? We uh, you don't have to say what it is. Yeah. I'll tell you about, it was, I don't know. It was something about a certain, and I, it could have been anything. Yeah. I don't know. They might not have just been eating. Then all of a sudden it turned on. I was throwing the reg. I always throw a DOA airhead, yeah, airhead for old drum and I couldn't get them to touch it. And then we switched up to, um, Unknown. Unknown. <laughs> um, and I was about to say it. He caught me. But um, anyways, it, it all of a sudden, and it might have just been something else, but all of a sudden it was boom, and it was like three in a row on the popping cork. My, my buddy called him, and then I only had the trout rod in the back, so I had top water trout rod for striper and trout and whatever else, and I just I just go for it. I'm like, man, you know, we'll maybe see. A what, small one yeah, maybe a small <laughs> hit. We'll see what happens. And I uh, really wasn't, I really wasn't trying to catch him, but man, he hit that thing so aggressively, so hard, just came up and smashed a little, little, probably four inch, um, what was it? The Badonka Donk. The Badonka Donk. Yeah, the yeah. little Badonka Donk. He smoked it. Uh, is that a, that's a bomber. Bomber. A bomber. It was so, these were ones, I can't find them anymore. They're, they're, uh, Menhaden topwater wrapped so it's wrapped like a menhaden i use them up on the chesapeake bay all the time because water's a little bit clear up there um so they they might be able to kind of see the the skin wrap but uh anyways he smoked it that's That's super fun uh was it pretty calm it was it was there was no wind and that's why i think you could just they were no wind not a whole lot of boat pressure on them and they were active happy in their element Coming it's up sad on to top, see how that gets shut down when a lot of people start getting up there and fishing for them. Like they're, they're there, but they're just you don't see them as as active on the surface. And it got shut down quick because I had some buddies got wind of it and they went back out there on Saturday. And by then the boat traffic was on them. And I mean, if you you got to think, I guess if you get if you get thirty boats or you know twenty to thirty boats in an area running up and down trying to find them that could i don't know but it could push them down or kind of make them not want to be in the feeding mode i I had a podcast with elias a couple weeks ago and we were talking about somehow we just talked started about how we used to striper fish in the ocean this might have been an older podcast now uh up in like new york and whatnot and they'd be in like 50 60 feet of water yeah and he would have he'd be sitting still in his kayak have real good marks catching fish jigging real well and boats would troll by and the marks would flatten out disappear the bites would stop you know 60 feet those fish are real aware of those motor noises they can hear it they can hear it and you always think like even in the ocean like oh it's 30 feet deep it's super deep but then you think about all right my boat's 23 feet long it's like just a little deeper than the length of my boat you know so you're you're way closer to those fish and especially up there when you're in 
six, eight, eight 15, feet of water. Yeah, water. exactly. Like, We're kind of fish. Yeah, right on top of them. Oh yeah, you're on them. Yeah. Um. And I mean, exactly. I agree. I. I. Uh, but they're there. Yeah. They're there. That's awesome. Um. And I think it's it's seems like everything's just been early this year. Yeah. Um. It, it has, and it's it's been good. It's been some yeah. good fishing this year. Has the trout fishing been pretty good this summer? It's been actually, it's been pretty decent. Um, there's been some really nice classes of trout around this year, so it's hopeful for this fall. Yeah. Last fall was a little kind of a bummer for us. Yeah. Um, there was some trout around, but you remember the two years when was yeah, 2018? Two years ago was, was silly. Hopefully, it's it was silly. We'll see that again. That's what year. that's what I'm hoping for this year. Um, and it was last year was a tough year to come off of. The year before. Exactly. Everyone was very... <laughs> Gung-ho. You know, golly, all those 20-inch fish are going to be... We're going to be catching 25-inch fish out of our ears this year. Exactly. Um, there was a lot of big fish caught this past year, but the numbers of like quality fish were, I think, were way down. Um, There's been a lot of big fish caught, and, and I think more people... I remember a while ago, we started the Release Over 20 campaign, yeah. and it seems like more people are jumping on board with that and wanting to let those big fish Definitely. go back in the water, which is cool to see. I've, you know, just watching Instagram and social media and seeing people more mindful of letting those bigger fish Definitely. back, which yeah, is awesome. I think it's super cool. And, um, it's something I really try to do with clients too, is, is talk to them about the importance of it. And, and even if you're, you know, in the know enough that you catch a, a pregnant trout that yeah. might not be over 20 inches, because in the summer, especially the early summer, a lot of those fish are super pregnant. Um, yeah, they're up there spawning. Grow. Yeah, they're spawning and, and, and letting those fish. They got those really fat bellies in the summer. It's not because they've been eating a ton of bait. <laughs> they've got, they've <laughs> got, got a lot of eggs in there. Yeah. Um, and so, and a good, correct me if I'm wrong, if a, if a trout grunts, it's a male, right? If it doesn't. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive that's correct. Um, that's what I've been told. And so, if you're getting that grunting noise, good fish to kill. If yeah. you're not getting that grunting noise and it's fat, then probably a, let a, it go. a pregnant female let it go. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about, and we don't have to get super in detail, but but about kind of what you're looking for up there. And we'll just talk about artificials at first. We've got some time. We'll go into bait. But what kind of scenario are you trying to put yourself in to catch those big red fish, you know, on a popping cork? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's... It's an interesting river. The Noose River is very intimidating. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a long, wide, big stretch of water. Yeah. Um, a lot of ground to cover out there. But you you really just it's it's generic to any style of fishing. Um, bait is obviously number one. If you can find the bait, and especially the Noose River is really really neat. Uh, it's a little early, but the bait's starting to show up, and it'll get in puddles. Just just giant puddles of menhaden. Um, and if you see that puddle of menhaden, just look scared or frantic yeah. or them just busting or that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, if you see that stop and pop it, if you, if you see bait and there's, and it's not acting nervous, I'd always pop. Um, yeah. and we'll jump. I mean, I've had it where there's been days where you'll hit a puddle, three puddles in a row. It's like, bam, bam, bam. And then you'll hit 20 and you won't, won't catch one. So don't get yeah. frustrated if you're if you're bait hopping on the on the puddles of bait out there that the first ten might not have a drum on it, keep keep yeah keep trying sure. yeah. It's so true though, man. You almost know when you throw a cork to one of those schools in Manhattan like, <laughs> that it's gonna get eaten because the way they're even if they're not jumping yeah just they, nervous they're just so tight up on the surface like freaking out and nervous yeah um, like and maybe not right before you throw it but once you hook you're like it comes together you're like that guy that school is definitely more nervous than the other one yeah. So. 
Um, it's so fun. To and watch that's that a blast. Gets, it is so much fun. Watch that cork get sucked Just, under. Um, so I, I guess it's it's a question that I've always thought about is, and it's an it's an opinion based question, I guess. Yeah. Maybe someone's got a really good answer for this. Maybe deal. Do you feel like those fish are kind of hanging out in areas, or like when you're catching them, like if you go bang, bang, bang on three different little schools in Menhaden, and then you're not catching them, do you feel like those fish are pushing up and down the river? Like should you, you know, get out in the river, run up, and kind of reset and come down a bank? Is there is there a strategic way to target those fish once you're catching them in an area? Yeah, I like, I kind of have a, I mean, there's there's known areas in the Neuse River. Yeah. Um, the Neuse River's got a lot of shoals. Yeah. And my theory is... Those old drum like to get up on those shoals and, and feed, especially early morning, late late afternoon. Um, in in the windier, <laughs> yeah. When you get some nasty gnarly conditions, this this kind of uh, goes more with the bait bite. Right. But those shoals um, for bait fishing when it's windy, ideal. Yeah. Um, but for popping cork, they're still using those shoals on a calm day yeah. to feed um, and you know, uh, breaks. So 14 to 14, 16, 14 to eight and kind of work that break line right there. Um, that's always a good area to kind of start. Um, and it's, and if, and it's like a dual double threat, like if you, you know, if you've got bait and you know, you're on a good shoal, it's like you could probably about guarantee you something's going to happen. Um, but man, it's, that popping cork game is it's a mental game. It's like it's like you just gotta keep popping. It's yeah. funny, it's like you just said, just keep popping, man, it's gonna happen. And then all of a sudden you'll be talking to your buddy on the bow of the boat, not paying attention, and just kinda lack <laughs> lackadaisically popping and it's just a wham. Yeah, that's dude, it's it's crazy. And a lot of times you'll see him like come up, look at the cork, swirl down and eat eat the bait. I, I had one hit that blabbermouth cork, that plastic cork yeah. so hard that it just Pop the put a crack right through it, and like I threw it out the next time, and it started sinking. I was like, "That no way! That drum hit that cork so hard, he popped That's it." That's awesome. So, is the blabbermouth the only cork you're gonna throw now? That big plastic cork. I I like that one because I think it's just the. But man, I think guys catch them. Guys will catch them on those little Paradise foam popper ch- cheap yeah. cheap corks. Uh, people will out be out there trout fishing um, with yeah. the with the smaller trout corks and catch gotcha. them on those. Yeah. So it's. It's hard to say, but that blabbermouth makes a lot of noise. Yeah, um, I think if you, if you are needing to pop it hard too, um, it's less effort with that one to get a really good to get a pop, good yeah. pop. Yeah, and, and, and it sounds tiring. good. <laughs> it does sound really good. Yeah, like I know when I'm up out there doing it, like you're not paying attention, you're popping it every once in a while. You like have to look at it real quick. Yeah, you're like, was that a fish? There's a fish <laughs> on it, but it's just the cork blowing up. Yeah. And so you're trying to kind of mimic uh, the sound of a fish blowing up on the surface. Yeah, I, so uh, like. Like I said, when we stumbled across those drums, you it was a weird, similar noise to a popping cork. When he came up and went, it's like sounds like a loud right. pop. So I think that's what it's doing is yeah. mimicking eating or you know feeding fish, um, and they just get toned it, zoom yeah. toned in on it, and and you know yeah it happens. <laughs> do they do you change your pop up at all in, in different depths? Are you popping a little lighter, a little harder? Are you like is it always every pop's the same? Are you like pop 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 like? Does uh, that make sense? My question. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I never change the depth. I'm always like, and I never. Or no, are you cha- if you're fishing shallow? Oh, okay. Long, I see what you're saying. Deeper I see what you're saying. Popping it harder or softer. Yeah. Um, not really. I mean, I've done a little bit of everything. You know how like a mirror lure bite is. Yeah. You're just trying to figure out that 
little rhythm yeah. where he's going to eat. But the popping cork, I just, man, I just slam it and then yeah. let it sit for, I, I do like to let it sit for a second. And yeah. then, and then. And realistically, is it like a three second pause? Yeah, like three to five. Three to five. Yeah. And it might not even be that long. Yeah. It just feels like that. It does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd say, I'd say a good three seconds, you'd be safe and just, just pop it, let it sit, pop it again. Let it sit. I mean, I've tried what you what you said. Throw in the pop, 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 and then let it sit and mix and match. And it seems like I always get a hookup though when I go to pop it again. Yeah, it's like I'm not You're a lot there of times looking at it. Maybe yeah, when it moves again. A lot of times I feel like I'm hooking up when I'm not even looking at the cork. Yeah. It's like I'm just in the rhythm of popping, and then all of a sudden I go boom, and he's on. Yeah. Just there's been a couple times where I've seen the cork go down, but a lot of it's just right, just. Of rhythm, just that rhythm for sure. Uh, I guess you know, I'm just throwing questions at you as they yeah. pop in my head because I don't have any days booked up there this year, but I'm gonna try to move some guys up there, just some day trips, just to come up there and fish for them. Um, last year I booked like <laughs> two weeks up there and it blew freaking 30 miles an hour every day. It's brutal. That river can tr- turn. I mean, can get ugly too, yeah. especially the mouth yeah. of that river can get nasty for sure. Um, it can get, yeah, I, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, when you're, say you've got a, you know, you're pulling up on, you got a couple strings of balls of bait coming up. Um, how do you like to present the cork to a school of bait? I'll go like pick a side. Okay. And I never, never throw right in the middle of the bait ball. At least I don't. I like to pick a side and, and just, uh, well, those fish are probably on the sides. Yeah. You know, they're, they're probably, probably on the, in the middle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pick a side and, try this side pop a couple times um and a lot of sometimes when i'm on the bait balls i don't pop as hard uh, just a subtle more of yeah, a yeah. subtle pop um but if you're once you get farther away from them then i'll start hitting it hard to maybe try and pull them off that bait ball but if i'm like real close to the bait ball i just kind of just a gentle little pop yeah, um, yeah just not sure. i don't i don't know i don't know if it's a big deal but i just don't want to like spook the bait and, yeah for sure but I, I had a conversation with someone one time talking about fishing the quirks on the bait and uh they were talking about how you know a redfish a lot of times in pursuit of bait likes to follow it from behind so right it's going to come and eat that bait fish tail first as the bait fish is swimming in that school so if you think about it that way say you're just on your boat yourself and this might be getting way too scientific but say the bait's swimming one one direction yeah and you know those fish are probably kind of pushing the edge swimming that same direction with them um, either there's two thoughts you can throw it against the way the fish are going and then it's a bait that's like way out you know off kilter or you can kind of try to fish it along the edge of that school yeah um, of fish but you know at the end of the day you just gotta throw a popping cork up there and that's it and pop it, so. that's it pop the hell out of it but don't be afraid so learn I don't think a lot of people tr- do this but top water yeah don't be afraid to throw top water especially on those like the calm calmer mornings if you're if you know you're like if you're catching them on a popping cork and you want to try something different, throw a throw a big, bigger popping cork on it. I I would recommend taking maybe the front treble hook off so you don't get yeah. all knack. I, I I switch all my top waters to single hooks. I just can't one. I just can't stand picking them up out of my tackle box and having tra- treble, treble hooks yeah. everywhere. So it's just easier. And then when you hook For a fish, sure. it's a whole lot easier to unhook them. Um, dealing with treble hooks, but but yeah, that top water bite is a that's one hell of a way to catch a 50, 40 inch drum. Yeah. I mean, when, whenever you're sitting out there and you see that mullet that's, or that, that men hate there, he's always on the surface off by himself. And, 
um, you know, on those calm mornings, that injured menhaden that's probably gotten smacked. And oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a topwater redfish love a walk the dog plug. Like, it's they aggressive. Just get sucked right. <laughs> through, you know? it's, uh, it is so aggressive. Um, it's one of my favorite ways to watch. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's they're not they're not like physically made to even eat a top one day. <laughs> no, they're totally made. Yeah. It's just they're how pissed off they yeah. is why they end up eating it. It's cool. Um, so take me through your rig a little bit, like perfect setup rod, reel, um, you know, what pound braid you're fishing or what type of running line you're fishing and then to like your pop and core yeah. your length bait. You don't have to share the secret bait. But, um, secret bait. Don't share. <laughs> um, you can share with me after the show. There we I'll go. Sell it to my Patreon members. It's probably not even a. It's probably not even a secret. I'm sure I'm not the only one. But um, but no, I like uh, a little bit heavier. You know, something that you can get those fish in and not wear them out. Yeah. Um. So probably like, I'll fish anywhere from like a seven two to a seven six. Yeah. Medium heavy, and that's that's plenty. Um. You can go to do a heavy, but. Uh, medium heavies i think fine for them um probably 30 25 to 35 pound braid okay and then i just do braid straight to the popping cork um some guys i think might do braid fg knot mono popping cork yeah then fluoro um but i'll just do i mean You'll get that wrap every once in a while. You'll get wrapped up, but you'll feel more confident. You know, FG not strong, but it's just one more place for that fish to break off. I've broken off a lot of them and been like, damn it. Um, So, uh, yeah, so braid to the popping cork. Then I'll do, I don't know, two to two and a half to three foot a liter fluorocarbon, 50 pound. Um, Some guys do 30 pound. I think 30 pound is probably fine. Um, But 50 pound, I've never had doesn't seem like it's a leader shy issue especially yeah. up there it's dirty yeah, they're coming dirty to the water. way you're popping that cork they're, they're mad at it a little bit of leader <laughs> yeah they're mad at it um maybe in 10 years they will if people keep fishing for them like they do but yeah um, yeah and then the jig head man i like to use just a, a wider gapped thicker um you know those like i don't even know what material it is but it's not like your normal stainless steel it's like that it's that like black black nickel? Yeah, yeah black nickel mm-hmm. Man, that that's that a good. Strong. That's a strong it's jig head. It's real sharp. They can get it super freaking sharp. Yeah. Uh, um, wide gap, I think, is important. For wide sure. gap's important. You end up hooking. You end up hooking those fish deeper with those the um, narrower gap. I feel like. Yeah. If you do hook them more, you pull them off those bigger fish. Yeah, and generally, generally when they're hooked, I mean, you'll get a few that might get it, get it a little deeper than you'd like it, but yeah. a lot of times they're they're right on the yeah. corner. Yeah. yeah so. Awesome. Um, Have you seen any specific color? soft plastic that seems to outproduce man i don't know i i'm yeah. i'm like you know trout fishing up in the mountains you're just changing flies all the time right, right. trying to figure out what they what eat sometimes if they're not like if if i know i'm on the fish and i can't get a bite and yeah. i'm like see them boil i'll i'll just like switch up but then some days you don't have to i yeah, mean some day, and, sure. and it might not matter but yeah. i'm just gonna do it anyways because yeah i'll tell you a little trick that uh hopefully that this isn't your little trick but one thing we did in Louisiana sometimes that works really well is we put a spoon underneath the cork, a gold spoon under the popping cork, and that that worked really well. That's <laughs> the, a good idea. The way that a gold spoon falls after you pop it, it kind of you know falls oh, yeah. like this. It's not that dark, um, and we caught a lot of fish on the gold spoon under the popping cork. You got the flash, and you've got the the, the noise and the noise and everything. So I'm gonna uh, try that. Yeah, give it a shot. See if it works. Yeah, the, the big thing is finding the right spoons like those uh, the Hopkins or the. 
The you, I think the best bet would be to find a, a, a slightly curved spoon that comes with a treble, but replace yeah. it with a single hook. Yeah. Um, and I, we caught a bunch on the uh, just the um, is it the, not the hop Johnson. Johnson Johnson that's what I meant not hop the, yeah. the weedless yeah um, I had some of those had some of those welds get broken yeah uh, or the solders I guess the soldered areas but also all that metal in their mouth sometimes your hookup ratio it's, is not great when right. you're not straight retrieving it you know they eat it sideways and you go to set the hook and I feel like you pull it out of their mouth um, man, man they would they would find that thing in a hurry like yeah, there was smoke yeah, it they would smoke it and so having that flash it was pretty awesome uh, I mean you can get super creative like when you start to think about it you're you know the cork is the attractor yeah you know, you've got a lot of water it's deep water you're trying to pull fish to you because you're not throwing exactly to the fish right you're not side fishing them and, and Sony bull you know are just throwing this one you know one certain bait but I feel like you can get real creative with what you you put behind we, it so. we especially that's what my me and my roommate he's the dialer rep so we just he's got like you know some z-man samples and stuff and we actually got one sample from iCast um, of like Z-Man's new bait that no, uh-huh. no one's been able oh, to really? use. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so we've tried some different, yeah, try yeah. some funky things. Yeah, I mean, for sure. that's the fun. That's the fun part about. It. See what you can catch them on because they're Definitely. they're gonna eat. Usually, if they're throwing something flashy that they're gonna see or bright that they're gonna see, because once they come to that noise, they're like they're looking to kill something. Yeah, they're gonna so, eat it. Yeah, that's the man. The gold spoon bite is the one bite I have not been able to build confidence with for the red for just even, like puppy drum everything i know guys i know guys on the noose river and the pamlico throw those um johnson spoons and say that they work great for black and white yeah i just I, can't i think it's like a that retrieve is like a steady retrieve and no, i'm so fortune. used to kind of working the bait a little bit yeah so i just i'm not patient enough i don't know man i struggle throwing it i have very little confidence when i start throwing it in open water yeah um when I, I like I like it like, like spinner bait not sight fishing but like those higher tides yeah when the fish are sitting in the edge of that little bit of pulling it out grass, of the grass and you can throw it up in the grass and reel it out and get you usually get bit right near the grass and you're not gonna get caught up because yeah. they've got the yeah that's and they work they work great in open water but again it's like there's so many things that <laughs> you might be super confident in doing and then you you tell me to do it and I'm like that's not gonna work you yeah know? but that's the cool thing about fishing like there's always something that, that someone else is doing that you're not that you mix and like match that. yeah so. Um, well, sweet. Um, do you fish the drag pretty darn tight on the rod when you're working? I, I do. Um, I don't really know what's so. It, I fish it kind of like I fish Kobe. Like I, I keep the drag. I mean, I if, guess if you you're have to if for you're that cork, anyways. yeah, for the cork ones, because you'll if it's too light, you'll pull drag when you pop, and I don't pull any drag when I pop. Yeah. And then, you know, like Kobe fishing on the bay, I I keep my drags like slam down i mean but if you're fishing heavier braid and you're fishing heavier fluoro i mean you're gonna get that like kobe fishing i want them to the boat as quick as i can get them to the boat right and then for drum i mean you know you can play with them if you want to right. like, get them in let's catch another yeah, exactly. one <laughs> if you just hooked one chances are there's another one yeah there, so. yeah um that's something man i've been trying to do in all my red fishing lately is like especially bait fishing like you'll have a couple rods out and it's helped me with my numbers so much being ready to put another bait right where you just hook that fish yeah as soon as like someone's fighting a fish i've got people reeling in i'm already trying to throw rod right where that one just got eaten because they're schooling creatures and in the summer they're like these big fish are definitely schooled up oh yeah um it can be oh yeah but they're always usually with at least like one or two other fish so um, you know, it's fun watch your buddy hook that fish and fight him, but get it, get your lure in there too and double up. Exactly. Important. And that's in any redfish scenario, in my opinion. 
Yep. Um, you know, go even tailing. I've seen them tailing pairs and triples, and I'm like, oh, that's the craziest thing to see three tails pop up. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) they're working through. You know, like if you're mowing a lawn, yeah, got three lawnmowers going, you're gonna cover it a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's sweet. Is there anything else you can think of as far as the red fishing goes? Any little tips or pointers? Man, cork fishing. Let's let's end with this. You know, is it beneficial to get out early? Is there a time where you're kind of hanging it up? So that's one thing, too. A lot of people think, so it's not like, a, I'm a true believer that trout bite is like a early morning, 100%, no matter what, is the best time for speckled trout. Like, yeah. you, you'll catch them all day long. Right. But there's all, I that's for me, there's always that magic time frame. For the old drum, I don't know if there is a, like, magic time frame, to be honest. Like, Obviously, you know, early morning, late afternoon, and then I'll have the app that you can see the minor and the major. And, like, I will kind of pay attention to that because sometimes the major will be at, like, 1230 in, in that morning or afternoon, morning, afternoon, uh, middle of the day. Yeah. And you'll be – and and that – the major and the minor definitely has an – is – I've always seen – yeah, I think it does. I, That's good to know. I, uh, I pay attention to it. My um, confidence dies so hard up there come like 11 o'clock. Yeah, but man, I'm telling you, the you if you stick it out, that it seems like that 9 to 10.30 time frame, at least recently, was... Has been good. Yeah, it was good. It's. I, I wonder if they've just been so run over at that point yep. by boats that it makes it tougher sometimes. Because like, other redfish don't freaking care. And spread out. If you see some boats like so tight in a spot on the Noose River just because like the word will get out and people think it's in a, a certain area where those fish are. Those fish are everywhere Yeah, in that river. It I mean, benefits you to get away. From get them. away from the crowd and find some bait and do it by, be by yourself and cut, you know, you'll, those, those fish are up and they're, they're not just in one spot. Right. Right. Um, well, that's good to know. Cause it, man, that is, I think a lot of people struggle in fisheries like that where you see other boats and they want to fish near them. Other boats are like that means there's probably fish there, but yeah. Usually when I'm fishing around other boats, it up there it shuts me down big time. Yeah. So I try to stay away. from I think crowds. that's probably why I have more luck in the mornings is because I kind of get to an area really early. You're and first. I fish it. You know, all those fish are keyed in on what I'm doing and not all the other boats are around. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the benefit I guess of going early. Yeah. Is getting some stuff to yourself a little bit more. Yeah, uh, I remember. I mean, I guess I've been fishing up there since college, on and off. You know, some years I go, some years I don't. Um, and I remember the first year I went there it was like a Saturday. We caught like thirteen oh and saw gosh. like maybe ten other boats. You know, and we were fishing like a very generic spot, spot. that everyone fishes now. Yeah, um, and not to be like, oh, I fished this for a long time. I mean, it was total information off somebody else of why we went. But yeah, and now you go up there. And you'll see sometimes, there's a, you know, hundreds of boats out there fishing. There's a lot of boats. But there's a lot of fish. And if everybody does it right, what, what's one other thing? What's the etiquette as far as, you know, other boats and then how to fish those spots? So I think if you, if you'll know, I mean, you'll see the guys fishing. If they're up on the bow and they're, and they're fishing, don't just like, you'll get a lot of people that do it. They'll just, they think maybe like a hundred yards is far enough out and just barrel through and, for those old drum, you're kind of working a. You're not working a specific spot. You're working a specific area. The big large, big zone. large zone for them. So it's like when someone just rips right through it, um, it just might shut it down a little bit. So yeah, I mean, I, I'll always like if I see guys popping and I want to get to an area maybe around them or whatever, I'll, I'll make a big wide loop 
and just go way just go way out middle of the river and come back in or something like yeah. that. And then, you know, if you don't have a trolling motor, you don't need a trolling motor. I personally, right now, I don't have one on on my boat. Um, trans, uh, you know, I got out of one boat into yeah. another boat and sold my trolling motor with the other boat. Yeah. Never doing that again. Because um, you can't even can't find one right now. Yeah, so, but yeah, we call them without. A, you know, you don't need a trolling motor, um, but just. Set that drift up. Set that drift up, yeah, and just work. And if you some days it's almost better just to get the wind drift and just set like you can still steer your boat with the with the uh, steering wheel and just get a good wind drift and cover. You'll cover a whole lot of ground like that and won't burn up all your trolling motor juice. Yeah, chasing that one school and that head looks a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on here. Has anything else popped up in your head about the stuff we talked about earlier that you want to touch on? I think we hit it, man. Um, yeah, we're excited. Come out like like we said, August sixth. That's this Friday. Free beer. Free beer. Um, food trucks there. Uh, lots of raffles, giveaways, prizes. Yeah. Um, you'll probably go home with something. Sweet. So I got a, a nice fillet knife last year that I'm still using. Heck yeah. So. Yeah. Um, uh, it needs to be sharpened. I'm really bad about sharpening. <laughs> I am too. Uh, but it still hacks the redfish. That's so. right. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Guys, thanks for checking out this podcast. If you haven't been out there and fished the Pamlico, um, don't tell them we sent you, but go give it a shot. It's a lot of fun. Some great captains up there, too, to reach out to. Um, something you can look up uh, and get out there and support some of those local dudes up there. Um, but until next time, thank you all for checking us out. We'll see you uh, soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me.